past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're excited to have you all here today and be talking about another topic in career management. So we have been doing this show for quite a while and want to recognize that uh, career thought leaders and the associates and members of Career Thought Leaders Consortium provide us with lots of inspiration and support in doing this program. And of course, our Resume Writing Academy programs and graduates that support all of our job seekers who are looking to improve their personal branding and career communications. So recognize those two partners, sponsors that help us out with this show. Today, I want to talk about getting a promotion. Seems to be the talk of the town at the moment in terms of how do you finish up the year strong and perhaps go into your annual review process ready to ask for that promotion? Is that the appropriate time to do that? And perhaps if your annual review isn't coming up for a while, maybe even better in terms of what can you do now to start positioning yourself for a promotion. We are going to start looking at a little career roadblock assessment for you to think about what might be in your way and what might you be able to do proactively for yourself to better position for a promotion, whether that's something you you see on the horizon near term or, or a little bit further down the road. There's really no time like the present to think about how you can set yourself up for success in that conversation. We know it's one of the most difficult conversations that we can have in our careers in those annual reviews or mid-year reviews to be able to advocate for yourself, promote yourself, whatever word you want to use there that makes you feel comfortable or most comfortable perhaps. I don't know that we ever feel that comfortable with it. What do we do to really help get set the stage for that conversation and to be the most successful we can be. First, of course, we have the most control over ourselves and our actions. We, we may not be able to control what our boss does or what our organization does, but you have some control over how you act and build your visibility, build your skills within your organization. So let's talk a little bit about you. First of all, is it clear first to yourself and then to others what your strengths are, what you enjoy doing, what you want to do more of, 
right to the foundational conversation we talk about a lot on this show. Do you know your strengths? Do you know the skills you like to use? Do you know what motivates you at work? And do you know how those skills and strengths that you like to do, like to use, add value for the employer? Because we've got to find a sweet spot. We have to find that place where the skills that you like to do also add value to the employer. It's, you know, it, it doesn't, not going to help you move yourself forward if you know what you do, but you don't know how it connects to your job or how it could connect to your job or what other places within your organization you might be able to use those strengths and skills. And you might say, well, Marie, that's great. All this skills talk and strengths talk is wonderful, but don't I just need to do what the organization needs done? A little bit, right? This is meeting in the middle. We're finding that sweet spot of understanding what an organization needs and understanding what you want to do. That piece is critical because we know that you are going to show up better when it's things that you like to do. Doesn't mean that, of course, you're not going to have to do the things that you don't like to do. Your your work is always going to include some of those things. We want you ready and prepared to promote and experience and volunteer and do all of the visible activities that you can do around the things that you feel like are your strengths because that's where you have control. You have control over going after projects that use those strengths, demonstrating those skills at work so that people see that you're good at them. That way you can get more opportunities to do what you like and most research says Therefore, be doing more things that you like to do, which will make you more successful. First, it starts with, do you know what those things are? And then, do you know how they add value to the employer so that you can find opportunities to plug in and do those things? If you're going in for an annual review conversation more in the near term, This may be a little bit more retrospective than future action to think back on where do you shine? Where have you shined in the past? How have you used those skills that you really enjoyed? How have they added value to the employer? And may gather other ways that you feel like you've added value for the employer. You always want to be careful of highlighting something that may somewhat add value for the employer, but is an area you don't want to go down. It's a a path you don't want to go down. There's nothing less appealing than sitting in a conversation with someone and they say, oh, yes, I, I did this or I did that and it was great. We had these results. But, you know, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to do more of that. And most of the time, when I hear that line of conversation coming from people, it kind of discredits their conversation because you think, wow, does this person really know who they are? Do they know who they want to be? 
and they just spent some capital promoting or talking about themselves only for it to be in an area that they don't really want to go into. So you have limited resources within yourself to get brave and promote yourself and you have limited resources with others listening to those comments and stories even if it's in a meeting where that's supposed to be the purpose of the meeting so make sure they stick make sure that there are stories you want to tell they give value to the organization and they're also aligned with your strengths and the things you want to do moving forward so that you're not telling a great story and then backtracking it because it's not what you want to do. This is the first area to focus on before you move on. Do you know what you like to do? Do you know how it adds value? And are you able to tell stories that move you in the right direction? Most performance conversations that I see in the corporate world today are employee-led. So this is really up to you. It is up to you to have the stories, have the focus, and be able to take the opportunity to tell the stories, take the opportunity to demonstrate your focus and your value. That doesn't happen that often, and your employer is not going to do it for you. Your, your boss is not going to do it for you. So this is your chance to shine, and you're going to have to do it yourself. It's very easy to feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to talk, to my, talk about myself for too long. That's another reason that focus is important. Pick the stories that you really want to tell. Pick the points you really want to make so that you balance that self-promotion feel with your comfort zone. You're going to have to stretch out of your comfort zone a little bit. No way around that. But to be focused and know what stories you want to tell, tell this story that builds a a cohesive picture is really going to help you move it forward. And set aside the time to make the stories, to do the preparation to fill out the forms. I'd say that's the number one thing that gets people in trouble. They have the opportunity to fill out a, you know, performance review sheet that's going to go to their boss and then you're going to meet about it for five seconds. Take the time to fill out the sheet. Document those successes that lead you in the right direction so that you have the opportunity and you take this limited opportunity that you might get to one, document your strengths and value, and two, then to talk about it. You're going to have to go through it quickly, most likely in in the meeting. So really going through it, being clear on what you want to share, and being focused in your approach. The organization I'm working with right now has shifted to a quarterly performance evaluation with the idea that then people will be doing more regular conversations and it will spur what we know is a better leadership and management tool, which is more immediate feedback 
And those are all really great goals of this quarterly performance process. The problem is, just like any other organization, usually not enough time is invested by either party to make it really effective. When you're doing it quarterly, it's going to take less time because you'll have less stories that have come up between your last one and your next one. And you still want to take the opportunity to do that work, to prepare for the meeting and and perhaps even between meetings, have a place where you're capturing the wins that are important to you so that you don't have to dig back deep into the archive of your brain in the last days before your meeting, you have those things closer at hand. So clarity, do you know your strengths? Do you know the skills you like to use? Do you know what motivates you? And do you have the ability to tie those to value for the organization and communicate stories that demonstrate that skill set that demonstrate those strengths over and over and over again when you get the opportunity and it's appropriate, you have them on the tip of your tongue. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about how you can set yourself up for a promotion and have that conversation when you get into the meeting. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about getting a promotion, preparing yourself, getting all of your ducks in a row, if you will, so that you can have that conversation or start to position yourself for that promotion as you move forward. So we talked about being prepared, having that clarity of where you want to focus, what you want to do, what stories you want to tell, and being able to connect that to how it adds value for the organization. When we think about having this conversation, a lot of our challenges really come down to our confidence and our comfort in having this kind of conversation, which may be related to confidence in general, and it may also be related to the fact that we don't have this conversation very often, or, of course, to the fact that we may have had this conversation in the past and it's gone badly and we have some leftover stuff around that. So figuring out what your issue might be, what might be holding you back, why don't you have that conversation? Is it because you really need to do X, Y, or Z before you can? Or is that an excuse that you're telling yourself to be able to get, to feel better about not being ready, not not having the confidence? So, do you believe and are you able to feel this way most of the time that you are equal to everyone in your organization in terms of value? So you as a human being are equal in value to every other person within the organization. Now I'm not talking, you know, value numbers, data, sales. I'm talking you as a person have value and that that value is the same for all people, right? All people are valuable. All people have value intrinsically. And are you able to act from that place that you're not above, not below, just really valuable and equally as valuable as everyone else on the team. That's much more challenging than it sounds. A lot of times what happens is that we don't feel as valuable, so we go in giving the other person the upper hand. Obvious fallbacks to that, drawbacks to that. Other thing that can happen is that we feel vulnerable, and so we puff ourselves up and pretend that we have more value than other people. That can get us in just as much trouble because, of course, no one likes when you do that and because you're saying you have more value than that. So that approach, and I'm sure that we've you've probably heard me talk about it, but that 
Deborah Benton's idea that you all are on the same playing field. You all have equal value from the entry-level person to the CEO that it's, it's all even. Believing that and really working on your belief around that will help you with these conversations. Seems a little wooey-wooey, but it gets in a lot of people's way that they don't perhaps really believe that they deserve success or they believe that they deserved it 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago. Both beliefs will get in your way when you go in to have this conversation. No one wants to talk to somebody with a chip on their shoulder. And of course, if you don't have the confidence you need to negotiate for yourself, no one's going to negotiate for you. Are you able to share your ideas? I've worked with some coaches, especially perhaps who don't fit the mold of the organization that they're in. So young women in organizations that are heavily, you know, older male dominated, et cetera. doesn't really matter what the makeup is or why there might be a disconnect created for you. But when you don't voice your opinions on a regular basis and practice doing that, you start to lose your standing, not because you're less than or because you don't add value, but because nobody can hear that you do. So the idea that your work will speak for itself and all of those cliches, it just really doesn't work that way. We have to engage in the conversation does not mean that that by any means you have to have all of the answers or that you um, have to be the smartest person in the room. Asking great questions shows engagement. And perhaps that's one of the best ways to show your intelligence is by asking great questions. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to put that pressure on yourself figuring out ways that you can connect in meetings, connect in one-on-one opportunities where people see that you're engaged. They don't have to think you're super smart. In fact, there's lots of research that we've shared on this show that says people would rather work with someone who's nice and, and not that smart than someone who's super smart and a jerk. So there's not Remove the pressure of perfectionism. Remove the pressure of that you have to say the right thing or have the right question. It's really more about you being able to add to the conversation, to engage in the conversation in some way that helps you make connections. Right? You build visibility because people see you because you talk. You have to talk. And in person is hard to come by perhaps these days, but it's important. If you're on a virtual meeting, just as important that you talk, that you ask questions, that people see you're engaged, interested, adding value through your participation 
in whatever way that makes sense for you and makes sense for the the engagement meeting, whatever it is that you're participating in. Hopefully based on our, our conversation before the first break and really connecting with your stories and connecting with what you want to focus in on, then you're going to get more clear about your value to the organization. And typically this is one of the biggest benefits of working with someone on their resume. Yes, they get a document at the end, but they also have the opportunity to really connect with how they have added value to their employers. When you don't know that, you have a really hard time. Um, you have a really hard time advocating for yourself. So thinking about and connecting to those stories of how you've added value, and of course specifically aligned with your strengths and and skills that you want to use isn't a bad thing. You start to build your confidence just by doing that, keeping track of those little ways that you've added value to the company, to the customer, to your your team, to your coworkers, to your staff. And of course, being familiar enough with those stories and clear enough on which stories are the most important to share, that you can share them as naturally as possible in your conversations when it's appropriate. Typically, we feel that yucky feeling when people are promoting themselves, when it's out of context, when it's forced, when it's not the right time. To avoid that for yourself, know your stories, know what you really want to share, know what's most important, know when you're going to volunteer to share those things because it is the right time and that there's a project that's come up where you could use your skills or there's a project that's just finished where you've really added value and telling those stories in a way that engages the other person. So not look how great I am, but this was really fun. This was exciting. This was beneficial to the organization for these reasons telling those stories in a way that it's not all about you but it's enough about you that people get the point and they they get to see your skills and mostly just to start trying it and seeing how people react because no one's going to do it for you and we have to learn how to do it somehow so Approach it in a way that's thoughtful because you've thought through the story and then approach it in a way that is inclusive of the other people engaged in the story. Be careful of deferring to everyone else in the story. Remember interviewing a gentleman who was applying for a nonprofit leadership position and he kept saying, my team did this, my team did this, my team did this. And we had some interview questions that asked about accomplishments and change management, those types of skill sets and everything was we, 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 team, 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 which was fine for a while. And then it was like, okay, have you ever done anything? You know, what, what was your contribution? What was your role? And so you got to make a, a story that balances and tell different stories that 
balance those things where you're honoring the team's effort and and being a an inclusive person and also being able when it's appropriate to be clear about what your role was or to tell stories of how you made an impact that really is okay in the right situation being able to recognize that situation like a performance evaluation right that's your time it's okay to talk about your contribution in addition to talking about what the team contributed. We're going to come back in just a few minutes and talk about what other types of communications and conversations you might start having now so that when you get to that time of your performance review, you have perhaps already practiced perhaps built some allies of people that know about your your work and your skills and your value and take some of the pressure off of that conversation. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Alcohol contributes to America socially, economically, and culturally. But alcohol also impacts our health, safety, and quality of life. On Alcohol Across America, each week we present recurring issues related to community, liability litigation, social and college drinking, and the alcohol industry. Join host Dr. Brad Crever and his co-hosts every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about how to position yourself for a promotion 
and get ready for that annual review conversation. If it's coming up or if it's a little bit further out, what can you do to put yourself in that position? So we talked a little bit about having your ducks in a row, knowing what you want to talk about so that you can do so when the right time presents itself. Having those stories down and continuing to work on your confidence, your value, your okay with talking about your value, with talking about yourself and starting to work that into your more daily work, if you will, to really connect with what you've enjoyed doing, to be able to tell those stories and not feel so awkward doing it. Saw one of my LinkedIn connections posted a a picture on LinkedIn today of Daniel Pink's book, Selling is Human. And that whole idea that selling or promoting ourselves is such a horrible thing gets in our way a lot. Part of it's the the definition of sales that we have, that sales is all about pushing something on someone. Well, of course, nobody wants that. That's not what we're talking about here. Talking about sales being more of an exploration process of what people need and then a genuine service heart to be able to provide that to them whether it's something that you have or something that someone else has. So this leads to our kind of third tenant here of being promotable or or setting yourself up for a promotion is relationships and everyday communications. So do you build relationships with customers, vendors, managers on a regular basis? Because then it doesn't feel slimy if we're real and authentic and building relationships on a daily basis, understanding what people need, understanding what the organization needs, being that person who's engaged in helping them achieve their goals, whether it's something that you do or not. That's where knowing your strengths comes in. Is this something that you want to do? or not, if it's something you you can do to help, great. If it's something that you know someone else who would love to do it, perfect. What a strong way to build relationships by giving other people opportunities. And to realize that it's okay to be looking forward. was talking to someone just today who's in an organization and feeling a little bit perhaps like a, a martyr right? They do everything for their team. They work long hours so that everything gets done and the team doesn't have to do more than than their 40 hours a week or whatever. And she's starting to think maybe it's time to look forward. Maybe it's time to see what might be next for me on the horizon. And there's actually some power in thinking that way. Now, if we go too far down that road and we aren't doing our job, of course, that's not it. But when we're in that place where we're doing our job, we're putting in our all, and we're also okay 
giving some of it up to the team so that we can move forward. That's a strong place to be as a leader because as we know, in one of my favorite books, Marshall Goldsmith's What Got You Here Won't Get You There, great leadership is really about learning how to give up, learning how to let other people have the power, learning how to empower others, although I don't love that word because, of course, we're not giving them our power. We're helping them find their own. And it's really maybe detaching just a little bit, realizing that we add value and that other people add value and that we don't have to add more value than we want to, right? We don't want to feel resentful about all of the things that we're doing. We want to contribute in a way that achieves the goals we want to achieve for the team, for the company, for ourselves, and has a little room, a little space for other people to do the same. It's a hard mind shift set for a leader. When you're building relationships and you're really letting the people around you succeed just as much as you do, there's power in that. And sometimes for people, it takes a little bit of, of detaching to be able to do that. They're too close, too enmeshed, too maybe take too much pride in getting everything done just the right way when perhaps there are other people who would love the opportunity. This requires that we engage with other people, which we've talked about. Get out from behind your desk, go to meetings, talk to people, ask questions at meetings, answer questions at meetings, Little by little, get yourself out of that that comfort zone of sitting behind your computer. Even emails and those types of conversations are just different than actually being able to meet with people one-on-one. And thinking about, being conscious about what other people's perception of you is. It's not something you want to overly fret about or overly manage. And it's something we want to be aware of. What do other people think of us? Is that true to us? Is it how we want to be seen? And what actions can we take to help them see our authentic value, our our authentic self, and make sure that they're really seeing who we are and what our strengths are and, and how we can add to the organization. So those are those of us people on the fence, perhaps, that tend towards the quiet side. And strengths in that, of course, that usually there, there's good listening skills there and thoughtfulness, perhaps, before responding. And yet the downfall is that people may not get to hear your voice as much as they need to for you to be visible and be understood for what you want. Then there are those of us on the other side who maybe tend to talk too much, talk more than they listen, talk instead of asking questions. And of course, the perception there that we 
buildup is that we don't care, that we're not interested in what other people are thinking or doing, and that we don't value other people. So we've got to find some kind of balance there. Of course, we're going to have our natural tendency and we're going to have our authentic personality that is not an excuse for bad communication skills. Good communication means that we balance talking and listening. Going to that place where you only ask questions and listen isn't good communication either because then you're not connecting, you're not sharing, you're not allowing the other person to engage in conversation with you. Where do you find that balance between talking and listening, engaging in the conversation and asking questions and being aware of what your natural tendency is. Are you quiet? Are you, do you tend to talk too much? So that when you're engaging in your everyday conversations, you can do so more effectively. Now, the whole idea behind this is that we're focusing on, on building some good relationships. We're focusing on authentic communication with people, good communication where that then when we go into our conversation with a boss or whoever it might be that you're going to ask for a raise or, or ask to move to a new position, you have a reputation, one, around the things that you want to do and, and your strengths, and two, for being a good communicator, someone that people get along with and, and can work with. Sounds easy, and yet most of the time that's part of what gets in our way. The story that comes ahead of us, what people are saying, what our our manager may think before we walk through the door. Takes a little bit more proactive management to be able to influence those perceptions before we get into the conversation And then we don't have to worry about, do they think we're valuable enough or not? Do we think this might happen or not? And can have a little bit more frank, valuable conversation in the direction of getting ourselves that promotion or new job or whatever it is that we might want. So are we clear on what we want? Are we confident enough to be able to have that conversation? And have we built relationships that give us the capital we need to have this conversation? A lot of times people talk about money and all the other different kinds of measures, but we don't talk enough about human Social capital. Social capital meaning your relationships and are they strong enough for people to stand up for you, for people to be your cheerleader, for people to put their their neck on the line and advocate for you. That social capital is probably the most important thing you have at work. And are you spending some time and effort to build it? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to put these all together and give you a little bit of a checklist for being able to be ready for that next 
annual review. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about getting that promotion or perhaps even asking for that raise. And I just was remembering that it's been a, a long week already. It's only Monday, right? Needed a laugh last night and turned on some of the new episodes of Will and Grace. Comedy show. There's not very many of those these days, so it's kind of refreshing to have at least a, a little laugh. And the one of the, the main characters, Karen, is very wealthy. And her staff sent a representative up to talk to her about getting a raise. They didn't feel valued, and and just a a small raise would make them feel more valued. And Karen kind of puts the poor woman through the ringer and makes her feel belittled and then actually gives in and, and says she'll give the staff a raise. Well, this gives Karen the idea that she should go to the other main character for whom she works, Grace, and ask Grace for a raise. 
and some similar kind of conversation ensues. Well, what what value does Karen bring, and does Grace really even need Karen? And and of course, at the end of the day, because it's a comedy and it's supposed to be funny and have have a happy ending, um, Karen also gets a raise because Grace realizes that she does value her. It's a funny play on what doesn't happen in the workplace, I don't think, because usually bosses don't push back in the way that Grace and Karen both did. But it's perhaps what we're afraid of is that we're going to ask someone and they're going to say no because they don't value us or they're going to say no because they can't and then we're not going to feel valued. And there's really nothing that we can do to prevent how someone else is going to react. But what we do know is the very old cliche that if we don't try, we're not going to succeed. And this sounds like a very old cliche until you realize that it actually happens every single day. So a few years back, Google had some issues because part of their system, from what I understand, was that people asked for their own raises and promoted themselves. And women weren't doing this. Women weren't participating in the process. And so you had a lot of inequity going on, not because it was intentional, but because the women just weren't asking. This draws back around our circle to the whole idea about sales and self-promotion and how we've convinced ourselves that it's a bad thing. That if we just work hard enough, someone will recognize it and we'll get that raise we deserve or the promotion we deserve or the props, the press, whatever it is that we think we deserve, but we are too afraid to ask for it or maybe we just don't think we should have to. When we get into that line of thinking, that's a bad place to be. Are you going to argue with the way that the system works? Or are you going to do what needs to be done to get where you want to go? And it doesn't have to be an either or, that because we're doing that, we're stepping on others or being mean to others or not acknowledging others. We've got to get rid of that either or thinking that usually is just a roadblock we've put up to make ourselves feel better about not doing something we're uncomfortable doing. No one's going to talk about you and what you like to do and what you want to do the way you need to to get where you want to go. No one's going to share your successes No one's going to tell the stories that need to be told unless you start telling them. And you can do this in small ways, right? You can adjust your email signature, put a title in there for yourself, put a quote in that speaks to you and speaks to your strengths. Put in the link to your LinkedIn profile so people see it and click through and and can see your story. Volunteer for a project or a task force or a committee where you get to use your strengths, where you get to use the skills you want to use. Be strategic about it. Volunteer for a board 
or some other outside role where you can flex those muscles or, or show those skills. And then tell the stories. It doesn't have to be in a promotional way, but tell those stories that people know what you're doing, they know what you love to do, they know what excites you. And, you know, a little bit in there, they're going to also see the value that you add. Be visible to that larger audience. Talk in meetings. Talk about your excitement on projects. Attend industry networking events or association networking events or company events where you get the opportunity to be seen. Those dreaded company socials or dinners or after hours events or volunteer opportunities. Attend those. Talk to people. Build relationships. Present at conferences. Write white papers. Or maybe even volunteer for that professional association and your leadership positions. Those in-person connections that you make are going to be so valuable in getting you comfortable in having these conversations and also having others do your work ahead of you stepping in to have that conversation. Use social media to your advantage. Really connect with people there. Participate, ask questions, comment on posts, build those relationships with your colleagues there on social media as well as in person. Post relevant articles or share things that speak to your skill sets. 20% of the time or so, if you do it and you have them, share things that are yours, your voice, your expertise. And it's, you know, it's okay to break down that either-or mindset and connect, communicate, be clear about what it is that you're looking for. Because if you don't do it for yourself, no one's going to do it for you. So start practicing, find ways to do it that are comfortable for you, authentic for you, and don't allow you to hide behind false modesty or maybe Not false modesty, but modesty that's not working for you. You can be humble and hungry and not a pompous jerk and still be good at communicating your story. And, of course, we'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant with more fodder for you, resources, and tips to help you take control of your own career. In the meantime, you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.